Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Paul rather wants Timothy and us, for that matter, to focus on godly things and not just money. We have to put our focus on eternal life. And guess what? Eternal life starts now. Actually, eternal life began when Christ rose from the dead. When Jesus said that I come that you have life and have it more abundantly, that was not a call for us to wait until we got to heaven. That is a call for us to have heaven here on earth. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of First Timothy, the sixth chapter. Going to be reading the sixth verse through the nineteenth verse. Again, that is First Timothy, chapter six, verses six through nineteen. Going to be reading uh, the New International Version of God's Word. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O oh Lord, our God, 
We love you, we honor you, we praise your holy name. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again and study your word. Lord God, here I am but a humble servant behind your sacred desk. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God, and that I can point people to Jesus. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the bare essentials. The bare essentials. I spend a lot of time thinking about money. I want to know how much something costs. But not only do I want to know how much it costs, I wonder how much it costs to make it. And I wonder how much it can be resold. I get fascinated with the entire system, not just one or two parts. I want to know how everything looks. If somebody brings a, a business plan to me or an idea, I'm usually concerned about how much it costs to make something and how are you supposed to get money out of this as a business and will it be enough? I assume that is a byproduct of having two business degrees. But I also know that even though I think about money and uh, have no problems talking about money, I also understand that talking about money is and uncomfortable for a lot of people. But even though it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, we still need it, right? We can't live without money in this modern world, right? We all need a paycheck. We need to put food on our tables or our TV trays these days. Uh, no argument, though. The Bible says we came into the world empty-handed. And we are going to leave empty-handed. We came in empty-handed and we leave empty-handed, but it would be real hard to survive in between the coming and going empty-handed. We need to cultivate skills necessary to survive. Uh, men in early societies were taught at a young age to hunt and use an axe and fish or yoke a pair of oxen, and women learned how to skin hides and erect shelters and cook food and gather herbs and bring in the harvest and bear another generation of workers. But now we pretty much hunt and sow as a hobby instead of survival. And as urban life emerged, we had shopkeepers and cobblers and tinsmiths and artisans and bookkeepers and, and autocrats and, and politicians and writers and philosophers and other people, you know, plying their trade. And some professions made a little more money than others. They were a little more lucrative. And, and, and as this was happening, uh, spiritual leaders including the Apostle Paul, realized that the need to earn a living was fraught with potential problems. Um, if one was wealthy, uh, others might want what you have. They might covet your possessions, even steal what they could. Envy might cause some people to do things 
or work harder or work harder than necessary. Um, those who were employers might not take very good care of their employees. Um, careers sometimes would be based on their earnings when they ought to be evaluated by the term of service they offer. Um, one could argue that a teacher has more intrinsic value uh, than a professional athlete, even though the professional athlete can pack a stadium out and have people pay exorbitant prices to come see them perform. Uh, we might think that because somebody has a lot of money that they might be qualified to be in political office. There could also be professions where because people valued money over the service they provided, um, there could be some professions that would be considered morally wrong. Um, but because they had a lot of money, it, begot, it, 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 it would become uh, glamorized. Pimps and prostitutes and drug pushers and jewel thieves. Uh, people who cook the books for white-collar crime. Uh, people who commit armed robbery. Uh, nobody would consider them professions. But they get glamorized because they make a lot of money. And so when the Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy uh, in this letter, he was giving Timothy in verse uh, chapter 6 uh, some final instructions before he went on his way to being a pastor. Paul understood the environment that Timothy was about to start pastoring in and try to bring people to Christ, uh, and he wanted to help him out. You see, during the time of the writing, uh, there were other religions that encouraged people to pay for contentment. Uh, you, you, you want a good crop this year. You need to pay the God of the harvest. If you wanted rain, you needed to pay uh, the God of the rain. Pay for this, pay for that. And, and Paul wants Timothy to avoid, for lack of a better term, prosperity preaching. Uh, and here is where people will use Verse 10, out of context, uh, to speak ill of wealthy people. But Paul is not speaking ill of rich people. Matter of fact, there were wealthy people that uh, supported these churches, supported these ministries. Paul just wants to make sure that the people and the pastor have uh, the right priorities regarding wealth. Uh, they would say in the text that the money is the root of all evil. But verse 10 clearly says in the text, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Amen. Amen. If you have to use part of the scripture to make an argument, then your argument is not very sound. Uh, people have demonized the rich. And others have deified the rich. But what Paul wants Timothy to do is to put wealth in its place. 
The reality is, is that there will always be somebody wealthier than you. And there will always be countless millions of people poorer than you. Do we need $450 million like Jeff Bezos? Uh, or $450 million yacht, rather, like Jeff Bezos? Uh, but some people may not need that $450 million yacht, but they may feel like they can't live without uh, their $4,500 pontoon fishing boat. Do we need a boat? It, maybe we do. It's, it's, it's relative. If you make $14,500 a year, are you poor? Not if you live in India, where the per capita income is just above $2,000 a year. But if you make $14,500 in the United States, you are living in what they would call abject poverty. Uh, there's a site that's called Remember the Poor, and, and, and it says in Remember the Poor, it's all relative. If you made $1,500 last year, you're in the top 20% of the world's income owners. Earners. If, you've had, if you have sufficient food, decent clothes, live in a house or an apartment, have a reasonably reliable means of transportation, you're in the, the top 15% of the world's wealthy. If you have $61,000 in assets, you're among the wealthiest 10% of the adults in the world. If you have any money saved, and a hobby that requires some equipment or supplies uh, or, or a variety of clothes in your uh, closet. If you have two cars in your garage, no matter what condition they're in, and you live in your own home, you are in the top 5% of the world's wealth. Uh, uh, if you have more than $500,000 in assets, you're a part of the richest 1% in the world. You may not feel like you're in the richest 1% of the world, but when we compare what's going on with us to the other billions of people in the world, we are in great shape. Unfortunately, we live in a culture of outrage and dis content and it's challenging to be at peace with ourselves and to be content with what we have. Sometimes it is hard to realize just how blessed we are. And so Paul and Timothy for that matter, uh, uh, well Paul rather wants Timothy and us for that matter to focus on godly things and not just money. We have to put our focus on eternal life and guess what? Eternal life starts now. 
Actually, eternal life began when Christ rose from the dead. When Jesus said that I come that you have life and have it more abundantly, that was not a call for us to wait until we got to heaven. That is a call for us to have heaven here on earth. Uh, in other words, eternal life is not something we look forward to. It is something that has arrived because Christ has arrived and brought eternity into our midst. We don't wait for the sweet by and by. It's going on right now. Uh, there are some things that we can do to make life better for us on our own. You know, the word that they use in the text that is translated in English uh, for contentment actually also means self-sufficiency. And so when Paul is telling him to take hold of eternal life, to take hold of what's real, take hold of the real life, he's telling us to have an active role to be proactive and not reactive in this thing called life. Amen. We can do things to make stuff better. Uh, one of the things we can do is be humble. We are where we're at because of privilege and advantages and options and opportunities that millions can only dream of. Yes, you may have worked your hind parts off to get where you are. But you still very likely were born with one foot ahead of everybody else. And it's not even a black or a white thing. That is just a being born in a country that has grown and, and given you opportunities that you may not have had in some other countries. Uh, be humble. And humility goes a long way. Uh, he says in verse 17, uh, to command the rich not to be haughty. Be humble. And not only be humble, be realistic. Uh, there are no guarantees. Uh, just because you have a lot now doesn't mean you'll have a lot later. Amen. The market may crash tomorrow. Who could have predicted that the coronavirus would have had this kind of economic impact? If you, if you practice the policy of contentment, uh, you'd be in a better position to weather the storm and may come, uh, and any other storm that may come in the future. But your peace and your stability should not be tied to your financial situation. Amen. Money is fleeting. You'll never have enough, and somebody else will always have more. Be realistic. But not only be realistic, be generous. We live in a sharing economy. Be a part of it. I talked about this last week, how things get going because someone is willing to think about somebody else. Partner with local charities. Be creative in how we can distribute our assets among those who are needing and a helping hand. Yes, we should share. And yes, the pastor is going to talk about money, but I talk about money 
to help the people. You see, giving is a spiritual discipline, just like fasting, just like praying, just like reading the Bible, just like going to church. All of these things help you to be a better Christian. So be rich in good works and be ready to share. And we can also be faithful. You see, God's will takes priority over catering to our self-interest. We should watch for any signs that we love money. Loving money is the root of everything that can go wrong in your life. Instead of lusting after riches, Grow your thirst for righteousness. He tells them to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and gentleness. Paul would say that putting wealth and any other idol, for that matter, in the proper perspective is important. Paul says to take hold of the life that is real. Don't get stuck on money. Don't get stuck on the nation. Don't get stuck on your denomination. Don't get stuck on your job. Don't get stuck on a person. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, endurance, gentleness, and love. Pursue those things that matter and continue to fight the good fight of faith. You can fight the good fight of faith because your needs are already taken care of. The Bible says that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He talks about looking at the birds in the air and if the birds are taken care of, he most certainly will take care of of us be not dismayed nor whatever be tied God will take good care of you beneath the wings of love abide God will take care of you through days of toil when the heart does fail God will take care of you when dangers fierce your path assail God will take care of you God will take care of you through every day over all the way he will take care of you because time is filled with swift transition and, and not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hope on things eternal and hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for this opportunity to gather with your word, Lord God, and I ask that it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold, Lord God. We ask that it bless those who hear it live and bless those who may hear it later, and that if there is anyone that does not know Jesus Christ as the pardon of their sins, that they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? 
Allow this word to do its work through your Holy Spirit in your holy kingdom. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.